Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It's Thursday, August 25th, and this is your host, Eric Steven. Um, This isn't the thrust of today's podcast, but it is the 10th anniversary of the Nick Punto trade. Just thought I would point that out. Uh, Ten years ago today, the Dodgers acquired uh, Nick Punto, um, Carl Crawford, Josh Beckett, and oh yeah, Adrian Gonzalez um, from the Red Sox in one of the largest deals in Major League history because of the money that changed hands, all, all the Dodgers basically, first year of the new ownership group, uh, it was their sort of flagship um, putting <laughs> putting the word out that they were going to start spending money, and they did, and uh, yeah, um, that was a big trade, and uh, that was my first full year, um, first year covering the team full-time. I quit my day job that spring, so that was a wild um season like it just that period of time around the trade because it seemed far-fetched because no one ever really seen a trade like that before um but then as it sort of got more real it just sort of ramped up and that was that was a wild few days uh i still remember the mickey mouse shirt that um adrian gonzalez wore um uh, i think i believe on the uh on the plane over to los angeles and if you remember uh I forget which of them. I think it was Nick Punta who shared it on Twitter. That uh, you know, the, as they flew to Los Angeles. But cell phone technology has greatly increased since then because I believe the uh, resolution was roughly uh, like a 1983 Commodore uh, type of uh, picture. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a wild time. But anyway, uh, we're here to talk about 2022 instead of 2012. 
And we have some bad news. We're actually talking a little more about 2023 uh, today because um, Walker Bueller, uh, he had his elbow surgery Tuesday, and it was uh, very bad news. Not only did he have his flexor tendon repaired, the injury that he went on the injured list in uh, June for, um, but also Tommy John surgery for the second time. Uh, this is similar to last August when uh, Jimmy Nelson uh, had both procedures done. Um at the same time, um, this is Bueller's second Tommy John surgery. He also had it coming out of Vanderbilt in 2015, right after the Dodgers drafted him. Uh, so, yeah, that's it's never a good thing. Um, this is weird. We talked about this on the lineup last week, but you had to figure it wasn't going to be good news when the elbow surgery was announced by the Dodgers on uh, August 15th, eight days before the procedure, and the team was real vague about exactly what the procedure was going to entail um obviously it's you know it's a huge bummer like you there's there's been like waves of of reaction to this the first was last year was clear like he's missing the rest of 2022 but then there was a lot of unknown like how what what's going to happen to 2023 because what's the surgery going to be now a week later you get the second gut punch of i mean he's basically there's no way he's going to pitch in 2023 like after a second uh, Tommy John this late in August, like he's not coming back in, in 12 months from uh, from a second Tommy John surgery. So yeah, he's a 2024 um, return at this point, and uh, that sucks for him because, you know, opening day starter started so many game ones over the years, uh, proven playoff pitcher, one of the better young pitchers in the game, and um, yeah, that's a huge bummer. The, the one, like, I, I'm sure, like, just, talking about the surgery but the one question i've seen this around like all over the place and i was wondering too like how did they not know the severity of bueller's elbow injury before the surgery like i'm sure they knew to a point you know but um i'm sure they were being cagey with what they were telling uh, people like before the surgery but and they sort of figured this was a possibility uh although i will give andrew friedman credit the dodgers president baseball operations he talked with reporters before tuesday's game at Dodger Stadium and said, um, you know, this situation was pretty rare. Uh, here's his explanation on the situation, uh, courtesy of Sportsnet LA. Again, it was kind of the worst case scenario uh, in our mind. I guess once you get to that point, though, there's degrees of it and how the ligament looks and the soft tissue around it. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, it actually turned out as well as could be expected. Um, but we knew there was a real chance of it. Uh, I can't remember many other instances in my career where the MRI has been inconclusive enough to have to go in and see exactly what it looked like. Um, but I think that probably speaks to how much good there was around it as well. Um, and you know, I think from our standpoint, we are seniorly focused right now on 2022 through September and into October. Um, you know, we knew months ago that there was a real chance that he wasn't going to come back this year. And so we've been planning accordingly. Um, and once we get to the off season, we'll start turning our attention to 2023. But obviously it's a big blow for us now. It's a big blow for us next year as well. So, yeah, like uh, last week on the lineup, uh, Jacob Birch and I talked about how Bueller's uh, injury affects this year and how with Dustin May coming back, uh, that sort of helped mitigate the loss a little bit of, of Bueller. 
although it's not obviously not a one-to-one replacement, but at least you're, you know, you Bueller was always a maybe for coming back for this year's playoffs, but then like getting Dustin May back at least was a salve uh, for the wounds, I guess, in a way. But now, um, since he's had the Tommy John surgery, he, Bueller's out for 2023 as well. So now you have to start thinking about that. Like, so if you just look at the current rotation um, for next year, the the current starters under contract, Julio Urias uh, entering his final year before free agency, uh, Tony Gonsolin uh, cementing a spot, obviously, after his best year this year, um, Dustin May, uh, ideally with a fully healthy offseason this year, as opposed to rehabbing uh, all of last uh, winter. Um, then there are a lot of unknowns, like Ryan Pepio started seven times for the Dodgers this year. His long-term future might be in relief. Like you, he was, he showed stretches of being really good. His last start was his best, but also he walks too many people, and he's got to sort of get that command uh, in tow. And <clears throat> doesn't necessarily make him an ideal relief candidate either if he's going to walk that many. But um, perhaps you can simplify the pitch mix a little bit, and uh, you know. But if he does improve, maybe he's improved to the point where he could still start. So who knows? But very unknown at this point. Bobby Miller is the club's top pitching prospect. Gavin Stone is basically right there. He's been great, too, and like out-pitching Miller when they've been at the same level for the most part. Um, both are in AAA to end the season. Um, now, both Stone and Miller should pitch in the majors at some point in 2023. But if you're talking about planning uh, a rotation to like start the season, there's no way both of those one or both of those guys are in it. Like Certainly... They're going to make an impact uh, in some level in the majors next year. But they're not going to go into the season and go, well, we got Urias, Gonsolin, and May, and, you know, Stone and Miller, or one of Stone and Miller, and then we'll figure out the fifth or whatever. Like, that's just not how they operate. They're going to, they're going to like, augment with depth and then figure out how to do it. Um, we saw that this year, like, Tyler Anderson was basically signed as a sixth starter, and then he's he's been one of their, like, most – um, you know, reliable pitchers this year. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Anderson and Andrew Heaney are both free agents. I would imagine Anderson gets a qualifying offer, which, like, think back to March. Like, if you would have thought that, like, um, that that was not in the realm of possibility, I don't think. But he's pitched so well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But then, obviously, Clayton Kershaw is the other big name. He's sort of in his own category to me, um, in a way, because I think the Dodgers are always going to try to make sure he ends his career in Los Angeles, and then, but also are going to adhere to his um, sort of wishes as to the process. We saw this last year when they didn't extend him a qualifying offer because they didn't want to like force a decision on him. They let him wait and take his time. Um, this year, I would imagine it's more of the same. Now, you know, it's what Kershaw is deciding is basically um, he, he said last year he was deciding between the Dodgers and Rangers because, you know, pitching for the Rangers means he's closer to home. He's got four kids. Like that's obviously important to him, but also at the same time, he also wants to win. The Rangers uh, fired their manager. They fired uh, John Daniels, um, who was president of baseball operations for like 17 years. The manager was uh, Chris Woodward, who was a coach with the Dodgers for three years. And, Knows Kershaw was part of the recruiting process last year. Um, the owner came out and said, like, you know, they're not going to spend as much this uh, winter. Not that they have to spend as much, but it doesn't sound like they're going to really um, pump a lot more into it. And they still need more uh, room to improve. 
So I can't imagine a situation where Kershaw picks the Rangers over the Dodgers for anything other than I want to be close to my family. But he's not going there to win if that's his decision, like at least this winter, in my opinion. So I do think it's it's very likely Kershaw's back and they just they'll figure out something. But like even even if the Dodgers had like a full rotation of five, I think they would still find a way to bring Kershaw back and just figure it out. Like um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of where they're at. But like you know. I don't know. We still got a lot to go in 2022. Um, you know, there's the end of the season. There's the playoffs coming. Uh, so let, let's like kick off. There's there's plenty of time later to talk about 2023. Uh, like for instance, uh, right after the break when we talk schedule stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. MLB uh, unveiled the uh, preliminary 2023 schedule on Wednesday. It's preliminary in the sense that the dates are decided, but like there's no game times yet. Those will be finalized at some point uh, later. Um, the big change uh, this year as part of the new collective bargaining agreement is for the first time, every major league team will face every other team every year. Um, that's 29 other teams, uh, so that means more interleague play. Uh, the breakdown is this. Um, divisional games are reduced uh, from 19 games against the other four teams uh, in the division down to 13. So you're basically going, it's two trips to each city instead of three. Um, that makes for 52 divisional games instead of 76. The games against the teams in your league but out of your division is basically the same. It goes from 66 games to 64, so only a slight change there. You play um, most teams six times and, and some seven uh, to get to the 64, uh, but there's still one series at each site for the uh, other teams in your league outside of the division each year. The trade-off for those divisional games was basically a lot more interleague games. It goes from 20 to 46 games a year. Uh, there's still a quote-unquote natural rival. The Dodgers obviously have the Angels a lot. There's a lot of actual natural rival rivals like Yankees-Mets, uh, Cubs-White Sox, things like that. But some are forced. Um, but um, those those teams play every year with a two-game series in each city. And then the other 14 uh, interleague teams, you play them one three-game series every year. So it works out that teams, uh, every team, like, their home fans get to see, like, say the Dodgers, right? They get to see the Orioles at Dodger Stadium uh, every other year. So, like, that might not be that, like, sound like a big of a deal, but, like, I think in a way it helps um, sort of familiarize people with more, although it's weird. Like, obviously, the, the way the game has sort of worked out uh, over the years, like, in-game attendance is less and less important to, like, teams surviving, so it's not as 
emphasize like people still go to games obviously but um i think the more and, and then also there's every game is like on you know mlb tv or, or most games are there's obviously blackout situations but i think the more you familiarize people with uh, a wider group it, it helps like uh make the game more national than regional and that that's probably good for the health of the sport which is something um that mlb doesn't always decide to do i'm sure there's uh, <laughs> there's probably a, a, another like cash grab reason for this and we just haven't figured it out yet but i do kind of like it i would say 19 games against one team is a lot especially when that team's not good or interesting um like, it's one thing uh, to play 19 games against the rivals, like Dodgers and Giants. But, like, a lot of times, like, the last couple years, like, Dodgers, Rockies, and Dodgers, Diamondbacks, like, you don't need to see them 19 times. That's good. That's a lot. It can be kind of a slog. Um, so, I think, like, the other thing about this, I guess the cash grab comes eventually if MLB ultimately decides to expand and then realign you sort of set the stage uh, in familiarizing um, teams with certain opponents. And then if you do some sort of realignment, uh, maybe that cuts down on travel. I will say that the one potential drawback, that, at least in arguments I've seen, is that there is more travel. I, I don't know what, what the net is on this, but you're basically trading 12 divisional road games, um, which are relatively short trips usually. Uh, for 12 interleague road games, which in most cases are farther away. Like, for instance, the Dodgers, um, divisional road opponents, um, three of them are in the same uh, time zone, at least during the season. Arizona is obviously uh, an hour off, um, you know, during the off season, But during the season, they're in the same, same time zone, roughly. Uh, and then uh, Colorado is an hour off. So... Um, any most other interleague games that you're adding um, are going to be like at different times, so that's a little bit of a, of a situation. I do wonder, like maybe that burden is eased somewhat with um, potentially a decrease in the two game series. Um, the way the current interleague schedule was structured is twenty interleague games a year, and you played uh, four teams uh, three times each, uh, and then. Uh, two teams in uh, two and two situations. So there's at least four two game series are locked in every year. The current format only locks in those those uh, two two game series against the natural natural rivals. The Dodgers still still uh, do have um, two other non Angels two game series next year. Weirdly, um, April third uh, and fourth against the Rockies. Uh, and August 8th and 9th at the Diamondbacks. In both cases, they're balanced by a four-game series uh, at that uh, park against that team at other points in the season. I'm not sure if this is going to be like a common thing going forward or if this was just a quirk uh, of this year's schedule, but there's at least a potential. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Like um, In theory, it's a good thing or at least something I'm, I'm willing to at least try. So um, there's other highlights of the Dodgers' schedule. Uh, they open at home. That's Thursday, March 30th uh, against the Diamondbacks. Uh, Jackie Robinson Day is on a Saturday, April 15th. That's um, a home game against the Cubs. Uh, we're, uh, another one of those two-game series is in July um, when they, the Dodgers um, host the Angels. Uh, and then they have a Sunday, the Sunday before the All-Star break, off for the second year in a row, just like this year. 
Um, the Yankees visit Dodger Stadium June 2nd through the 4th. That's a weekend series. In August, the 25th to the 27th, another weekend, uh, the Dodgers are at the Red Sox. That's Mookie Betts' first game back in Boston. Um, the season ends with a seven-game road trip. Uh, there's four games at Coors from September 26th to 28th. You might be asking, that's only three days. How could they possibly play four games in three days? Well, there's a scheduled doubleheader for the first day of that series, September 26th, and I can't for the life of me figure out why. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Uh, everything's weird at Coors Field, so you just sort of accept it. It's a split doubleheader. Uh, I don't know if anyone's planning a trip. But um, final series of the year is in San Francisco against the Giants, uh, three games ending on Sunday, October 1st. So I know we talked about this a little bit last week with the postseason schedule, but ending on a Sunday instead of a Wednesday uh, frees up more time to get actual travel days back in the uh, division series and league championship series. So maybe next year's postseason will be a little bit more quote-unquote normal. But yeah, that's... uh, that's sort of a look at the 2023 schedule and a year that the Dodgers won't have Walker Bueller. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, that's our show today. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>